Okay, welcome back everybody to this week's Five Things, your up to the minute weekly roundup of what's new and what's news in uh, the world of social media, brought to you by Grey Group and Social Media Week. Uh, this is the week of November 25th, so uh, if you celebrate it, uh, then happy Thanksgiving. If you don't, then happy week of November 25th. Uh, with me this week, um, in the studio here at Grey Towers in New York City, um, I have uh, our usual gang of Toby Daniels, the founder and CEO of Social Media Week, Kenny Gold, our North American head of social media here at Gray, uh, Amanda Davis, who's our project director for innovation, also here at Gray, and we have a very special guest this week in the shape of Al Manorino, who is the head of content for Social Media Week. Al, thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for having me. You're the man. I appreciate it. So and thanks to everyone else, I guess. You guys are... Li li you're, you're always here. I can't get rid of you lot. That's true. Al made a choice today. Which came I, all the way from Jersey. Which, which came all the way from Jersey. So thanks for that. Tobe, thanks for being here, mate. Where's the turkey? <laughs> it's on the way. I was actually thinking we could start... Can we start pardoning turkeys on this podcast? Maybe that's our approach to Thanksgiving. Yeah. It, you know, it shouldn't just be limited to the... Our place. sick thing is We're pardoning the pardoning a turkey. Of a turkey. We're yeah. going to pardon a turkey live... Uh, Later. <laughs> Got weird. Okay, so um, this week's topics, uh, we're going to cover the uh, fact that Instagram announced uh, the global test of hiding likes, as opposed to, I think, the North American one. Kenny's going to update us on that story. Um, Instagram also launched Reels. Uh, Twitter revealed some updated political ad guidelines. Again, that's a bit of an update on a previous five things, but we've got to keep you guys on top of this stuff. Um, Facebook launched Facebook Pay, and Angry Birds rolled out the Bring the Anger campaign. I know something that I'm very interested to hear more about. Um, who's going to kick us off? Kenny Gold, Instagram announcing global test of hiding likes. Over to you, Ken. Yeah, so just a week ago we talked about how Instagram would be doing a test where they would be hiding visible likes uh, on content that goes out from individuals, from brands, and from influencers. And they have decided at this point to just expand the test globally, which I guess once it's out globally, is it really a test anymore? Um, and the, the reason why that is important to talk about again is this changes the game. It changes the game uh, for influencers and for brands. There's already uh, been a noticeable decrease for some influencers in the engagement that they're seeing on their content as a result of this test. I think that the the element of groupthink that people see when they, they see something that other people like and they want to jump in on it, that has disappeared uh, by not having that number there. Um, so definitely an important note. Uh, not new news, but still important news. Well, we certainly hashed this one out on the last episode. Uh, so it's interesting, I think, to explore it again, particularly when we think about this as, as part of like the global rollout. Like, what is the impact of this? Like, what are the implications? How is it going to change behavior on the platform? I, I always uh, want to look at this through the lens of uh, how it's going to help people feel better about themselves, ultimately, in regards to like how they're using social media. Is this going to have a, um, a significant effect on people's well-being? Um, and ultimately, is that going to actually start to, to chip away at some of the kind of like serious issues we have in regards to people's relationship to technology, people's relationship to social media um, and their general propensity to to be drawn in to 
um, uh, to these these apps and these environments in, in regards to how they scrutinize their own individual popularity or the popularity of their of their posts. So just fascinated to see how this 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 pans out. Yeah, I, I don't think it changes the way that community is built on content. I think it'll be curious to see how it impacts the way that influencers see their engagement numbers go up or down. But when you think about what Facebook and Instagram are trying to do, they're trying to make the experience better for their users, not for their marketers. And I think that in doing this, they are creating a more empathetic platform. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Are you seeing that? So, so one of the things that Gray and Social Media Week uh, or Gray is proud to be part of with the Social Media Week guys are the Empathy Day training sessions that you are now running. Um, are you seeing coming out of those, and those are sessions uh, geared towards high school kids and uh, you know understanding uh, how, how to be empathetic in social channels, are you seeing elements coming out of that that would support the point you previously made, that, that removing the likes removes some of the pressure to some extent in that setting? Um. It's, it's interesting bringing that up. So actually, in, in, a, in a week's time, we're going to be rolling out a whole week-long series of um, Empathy Day events. We'll be host, obviously hosting one here at Gray, and we'll be hosting a number of other events uh, throughout New York City, bringing high school um, students together with like industry influencers and leaders to kind of discuss and brainstorm and talk about this and ultimately look at how we can increase empathetic behavior on, on social media. When we ran the pilot of this in London, we did a poll and we asked this question um, which was like, you know, what what can we as an industry do to um, impact the fact that empathy is in decline, particularly among young people? The number one thing was was um, education, like more education, more help in terms of helping young people on ramp to social media and think about like their own individual responsibility and how they should be sort of conducting themselves and behavior. And number two was was to do with like tools, like you know, introduce tools that just make it harder to act negatively or, or behave in negative ways and 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 create and spread toxic content um, tools that um, offer the ability for people to stop and think before they post um, and and tools that that also uh, make it easy for people to take down content obviously that that is negative in, in nature so it was really interesting that education was number one but tools tools was number two so you know the the removing the likes plays into that certainly it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a very much a part of the kind of the, the bigger picture yeah I appreciate that um, so next thing number two things uh, Instagram launching Reels, and Amanda's going to kick this one off for us. So Instagram launched a feature called Reels. Right now it's only available in Brazil, but it's essentially TikTok inside of the Instagram interface. What's really interesting is they tried to do this previously with a separate app called Lasso, which obviously didn't get a lot of traction. Building a user base from scratch is, is quite difficult. I also think they got a lot of success copying Snapchat in the stories feature. So they decided to just do that one more time with TikTok. It lets you edit video, add music, kind of splice it together so it's a little bit more active and it's definitely geared towards the younger audience. Um, this is pretty interesting timing, seeing as TikTok's been in a little bit of hot water with security and regulations lately. I think this is Facebook and Instagram's way of getting right in when things are getting dicey, where people still trust Instagram in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not touted as a Facebook feature who people don't trust. It's an Instagram feature, which people still feel good about. I think it's pretty smart. So it's another example of them borrowing. Borrowing. I use the technical the term copy. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> they missed out on their opportunity with Vine, mm -hmm. they missed out trying to buy Snapchat. 
I do think that it's it's pretty interesting to see that that they have this kind of dual path, and we're going to talk some more about some things that Facebook is doing and creating. I think they think about what they need to create in the white spaces they see, and then they think about how they can make their suite of apps the one-stop shop for a person's digital behavior. So uh, if they serve to create a more open and connected world, how does this help them do that? I don't know, but it's allowing people to certainly be themselves. Can, can you talk about the specific use case? Like, the, you know, what, what is the feature? How is it used? Like, you know, what, what is it really ultimately going to look like? Or is that tough because it's only like available in Brazil? It's only available in Brazil. I'm not super familiar with it. I imagine it'll be very similar to the stories feature where it feels a little bit more live and current versus something that you post into your feed and have for a long time. And on that note, too, when we're talking about taking the likes away, Instagram has to be thinking about how content is made going forward without that. You might have people spending weeks making a video to get a lot of engagement, and when that piece goes away, they might want to get a quicker hit and put out five pieces of content a week that feel reactive and timely. So this helps them have another platform to do that in. By building it in the stories, they also have the ability to put it into highlights, so it really does create some staying power for a lot of this content. Okay. Did you have something to add? To I, that? I was just going to say that I think it's also probably going to benefit like IGTV too, which is you know the kind of the ugly stepchild of yeah. Instagram that really no everyone kind of forgets about. Yeah. And I think that's going to kind of fuel uh, maybe more creative opportunities within IGTV as well. Like that. So number three, we are rifling through them today, my friend. <laughs> is um, it, this is another update, really? I suppose, but this is about Twitter revealing uh, its updated political ad guidelines. Which is interesting because having just come back from London myself, where um, the Conservative Party for an hour or two rebranded their Twitter handle Fact Check UK, I believe. Um, <laughs> seems like something that probably was long overdue, Kenny Gold. Yeah, so uh, another update, as Dan said, I think after the Jack Dorsey tweet, saying that this was happening, it was it was really imperative for Twitter to come out and write these guidelines down and release it. So they actually released their new update to their terms and conditions yesterday. Uh, we just found that out. And, and I just want to read what has been said about political ads so that it's crystal clear. The platform's new guidelines now exclude Quote, ads of any type by candidates, political parties, or elected or appointed government officials. They've also, in addition, have given um, groups, activism groups, political campaigns, the or non-politically affiliated groups, the ability to create cause-based advertising for a very limited run. So it's not about promoting necessarily a candidate or a group, but about an individual cause. It will be highly regulated and people will be able to see that it's running for a limited time. So I think the discourse, if you think about, we talked about topics on Twitter, they're making it easier to have conversations around a topic or a, a, an interesting uh, group of information where they're not allowing people to do is sort of this self-promotion in a way that could be disingenuous um, or disruptive to the overall user experience. So just to clarify so that we're not duplicating things. Last time we spoke about Twitter banning political ads, it was pretty blunt. It was a headline at that point. This is the drilled down specifics around what that means. Yes. And I think it's very, very important for brands out there who are going to leverage Twitter for their campaigns. Why I think this is important to read the updated terms and conditions and talk to your Twitter reps about what you're thinking for the channel, because some of the things that you might have been able to do in the past might now be considered 
deceptive or disruptive in a way that they will take it down. So it's just incumbent on social media marketing professionals to understand what the channel allows for you to do and not allow you to do. Sometimes when they have these big announcements like, oh, we're banning political ads, they can tuck in other things in the policies that are just important for you to learn. The only reason I want to ever talk about this again on this show (laughs) is to discuss the loopholes that people have found in these guidelines. Because the one thing that we know about political campaigns and the amount of money that flows through them uh, and the impact that that money has on technology innovation, whether it's like going back to the kind of cable sort of TV days or the internet and now social media, um, is is that it, it, it can be highly influential. They will figure out and find a way to to work the system, um, discover the loopholes, to still be able to do what they ultimately want to do, which is to obviously manipulate the message, um, hyper-target people, bombard them with kind of like political ads. So I'm interested to see whether that's going to happen, whether there are such loopholes or whether Twitter's done a really good job in these guidelines. But I'll still go back to my kind of point from the last uh, show, which is that um, this isn't as significant as the headlines suggest. I I completely agree. And because it is only regulating the paid promotion of it makes it sort of one note. President Trump still has 67 million followers on Twitter. His ability to push out a piece of organic content on Twitter is still there. He still has the free speech to promote whatever he wants to promote Mm -hmm. organically. This is just trying to take out the deceptiveness that can be done through promoted political ads. Mm -hmm. So the headlines, it's incumbent on journalists out there to be very thorough when they report what this is actually doing. If they've been able to kind of identify like what is an elected official um, in regards to these guidelines, they should also have some guidelines in there about like elected officials just simply are not allowed to lie on the internet and if they're found doing so they should be banned from the platforms that they are using that's the kind of stuff that i would be interested in there'd be no, there wouldn't be any left no <laughs> why don't you run for office what are we waiting for he's not allowed to oh that's right um, well as you can tell by my accent i would struggle a little bit in this country nobody's, i don't think they'd even let me run for office in the nobody's uk nobody's quite sure what that accent does <laughs> so um it, it may come as no surprise to our listener that um, that this is not uh, a political podcast, so we'll move past the politics. Or, or that any of the people on the yeah. show know anything about politics. <laughs> Literally yeah. none. Yeah. Um, hence why it's five things in social media, because uh, you know, that's what we know about. Anybody can speak about that. Uh, all right, let's move on. So let's move past the politics to uh, another topic that I'm sure we're going to dive into in a political sense. Facebook launching Facebook Pay... Toby Daniels. I actually can't wait for the fifth thing because that's going to be the the point at which we can all sort of breathe a sigh of relief and like talk about something that we actually feel comfortable about. But um, yeah, okay, Facebook Pay. So um, first of all, I just want to say that I actually tested out this product this morning and I sent my wife one dollar on Facebook Messenger, which was uh, which was very exciting for my wife. Obviously, first time that's obviously ever happened. Um, and we're big users of Venmo, like as probably most of us are. We, we use Venmo a ton in kind of like, you know, the sort of economics of, of, of running yeah. uh, the dantries.inc. Um, but I'm really excited to see this feature rolled out personally because of the fact that I just use so many of these different products and uh, not everybody uses Venmo. So, so simply when it comes to being able to um, um, uh, exchange money between friends, which is one aspect of 
the Facebook fe- feature, um, I think this is going to be great because of the ubiquitousness of um, these different platforms. Um, it will just make it more straightforward, more fluid, more frictionless to be able to, 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 to do that. But, but let me sort of take a step back and just talk about like what, what this really is. So Facebook have announced um, what is essentially what they're calling a cross-platform payment system called Facebook Pay. Uh, the new service will facilitate payments, um, including things like um, fundraising, person-to-person payments, which is what I was just talking about, uh, event tickets, in-game purchases, um, select Facebook market place purchases, I'm not really sure what that means, across all of their different platforms, so Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Um, as a user, all you have to do, and I, I, as I say, I tested this out this morning, is you just select the dollar symbol within Messenger. Um, it basically pulls up um, the option to be able to um, either link a debit card or, or PayPal. Um, you link PayPal, you log in, and then all, and then from that point forward, you can you can basically just sort of transact within the, the various uh, different platforms. Is it free? Um, that's a phenomenally important question that I don't necessarily have the answer to. Um, if we think about Venmo, Venmo, tr- there is no transaction f- fee, um, so we know that's free. So I, I would be obviously interested. Um, we'll, we'll come back and, and answer that question well, somehow. One of our, one of our researchers uh, right now is frantically <laughs> Googling whether or not this is free. Right. Oh, it's um, free. I just asked Toby for money. I <laughs> oh, did? Yeah. It won't be free for Toby, but... Like I, I said, one of our researchers was doing it. Thank you, Ken. So can I, you send? I, can so, you hit accept? Uh, I will do in a minute. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so I've talked about this in kind of the positive terms. There's there's a real utility that, to this. Obviously, it's gonna it's 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 something that. Facebook has needed to roll out um, for lots of different reasons. I think people want it. There's a there's a de- there's a sort of a pent up demand for this type of utility, um, and of course, when it comes to transacting within apps, particularly messaging apps, um, this is you know a huge kind of trend in uh, Asia and China specifically. Um, and what what I think we're going to start to see is is this continued shift away from sort of cash towards cashless payment uh, systems um, that exist within these different environments. And I think not, in the not too distant future, we're going to do all of our transacting via our mobile phones and through through these types of of um, applications and services. But it also brings a question which I'd put to this group, which is, do you think that people, given um, people's sort of like general feelings about Facebook and trust? Do you think people are going to feel comfortable um, signing on, linking their PayPal, and transacting through these um, these different kind of applications, given the public perception about Facebook at this moment in time? Can Discuss. I ask you a question? And you might not have the answer to this. It might be a sixth thing, which we'll follow up on. Seventh, turkey pardoning. Okay, seventh thing. But I'm very intrigued to know what data passes. Let's say I link my PayPal. What data passes from PayPal to Facebook uh, that is either interesting to Facebook or that they already don't already have? Like is, is that why this might not be free, because this, we're paying in some other way? Do we, do we know anything about that? Let's see. I would think so. I would think they're just trying to get more of like our spending habits and what, what, how much we're spending on a weekly basis, what we're spending on, how we're... Um, the exchange between, like we were saying, friends, like relationships, relationships right. and things like that. I, I've been watching a lot of Mr. Robot lately, and this is like starting more and more to feel like eCorp, just yeah. because <laughs> now they, they have that like kind of the eCoin. Um, and I think that's why, and I know we were about to basically say in unison why like people are not going to be like really 
too amped about this is like not only because they already have like Venmo or was it Zello, like Cash App, Cash yeah. App, like a PayPal, in and of itself. But it's it's really uh, the 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 real problem is the trust issue. I don't think we're gonna get past that at this moment in time, at least. I so, think, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I think the trust issue is important, and I also am curious to see who they think the audience of this feature is going to be. When you look at younger people who are doing a lot of cashless transaction, they're not really on Facebook that much, and they're definitely not on Facebook Messenger. So I don't think they're this is going to answer a need case that exists with an audience under thirty in the U.S. In the U.S., I also feel like Venmo has cornered the market a little bit on on cashless transaction in the older generations globally. I, I don't see a need for this in user behavior. Here's how lazy I am. Here's just one detail on how lazy I am. If I were in a Facebook uh, message conversation and owed that person I was chatting to money, I would much rather just do it right there at that moment than have to go into the Venmo app. And it, what would that take, an extra seven seconds? Right. But I wouldn't bloody bother because I'm lazy, so I'd do it right there in the app. I bet there's a case for that. Do you use Facebook Messenger to talk about your debts often? My debts? Yeah, to, <laughs> only to my Only to my wife. <laughs> who works at Facebook. <laughs> who works at Facebook. <laughs> Uh, and therefore, I probably wouldn't be giving her the money back anyway. Right. Um, but I can tell you who won't be using it, and that's Al. And I think that's going to come <laughs> as a bit of a blow to Facebook. Well, listen, I think we, we, this has come up a lot on, on, on this podcast and probably will continue to. Um, we as an industry over-index on um, trust and um, and on demographics when it comes to whether someone will or will not like use a particular app or service. The trust issue, I mean, look... I'm I'm an insider. Like Kenny and I just transacted freely without even giving it a second thought. Um, even knowing as much as we know, we didn't really have too much of a concern or an issue because we kind of like know how these like things like work. Um, I think where this is going to become really popular um, as a utility is between close friends and family, um, where there's just like a big and, and regular exchange of of money for whatever different reasons. Um, and I don't think that the trust factor is going to play into this at all. I think where we're ultimately going, forget about which platforms we're talking about, where we're heading to is a place where we will be able to seamlessly transact in whichever app and wherever we are for any product or service. And the closer the proximity to the actual ability to transact is, the more likely we're going to use it. And that's going to be the thing that drives behavior, not which platform you happen to be on and whether you're loyal to Venmo. Because honestly, Venmo's great up until a point where all of a sudden I can now transact everywhere through any app at any time. The sad part is I personally use Facebook Messenger all the time. Um, that is a sad that thing. Is I know. Sad. I do. I, I, for some reason, I, I, I have like friend groups and we'll, we'll chat on there. I will accidentally call people, like video message through there, or hit like the send money option, and that irritates me so much that I don't want another thing to do on Facebook Messenger. I just want to talk. I've always it. said you are an old man we and should, a young man's should, body. We should move on before Al gets angry. Oh. <laughs> I'm worried he's getting angry. So uh, it's actually uh, I, I want to. This is this is the fifth thing today. We're already at number five, and and Al Al is going to talk to us about. Uh, I think the thing everybody's most interested in this week, which is Angry Birds rolling out the Bring the Anger campaign. So thank you for bringing me in to make our listeners feel really old yeah. because uh, Angry Birds and Rovio were celebrating 10 years. Like, Angry Birds came out 10 what? years ago. 
Yeah, it's insane. Um, so, and they're celebrating their 10 year anniversary, coincidentally, right when I'm celebrating my uh, high school reunion 10 year anniversary, 10 year anniversary next year, uh, next week, actually. So can we all come? Uh, no. Okay. Um, it's like $25 to get in. I'm not yeah, paying for anybody. I don't um, so they, uh, they celebrated in a really unique way, a fun way. Um, and as marketers, like a really, really just cool way. And, and that's why we're here to talk about it today. Um, they were not trying to promote a new game or a movie. Um, they just wanted to, um, spread the message that it's okay to be angry. And they partnered with Droga5 on a bunch of cool viral marketing, uh, activations and the, the first one the one that came out this week is a, a screen powder screen powered scooter and you're thinking what is that it's an actual like bird scooter that is powered by your screams um oh scream screams okay right yeah oh not s-c-r-e-a-m that's right kenny gold s that is right yeah. um so there's a if you if you go on youtube you can watch these videos they they purposely made like a hundred of these scooters, sent them to influencers to, and, and you could see the videos of them literally screaming into a microphone that powers a scooter as they're going all the way down, <laughs> down the street and just onlookers watching them. It is amazing. Um, you know, they, they use little paid media to do this. It was all about the activation, all about the, the influencers they got involved. And uh, there's a little update to this story as well uh, today. That actually happened uh, in Times Square. Give us the update, Al. Oh yes. So wait today... a second. Can we just pause for a, sure for some kind of um, audio element in there, which will make what you're about to say that much more dramatic? Yes. Thank you. Awesome. So uh, today, November twenty first, um, they actually installed in Times Square a venting machine. Venting. Not vending. Venting. <laughs> Do you want to spell it out for us? Kenny knows Kenny? what venting awesome. is. Um, so the, um, they installed a, vending, a venting machine in Times Square where uh, people can walk up and literally beat up machine, punch it, shake it, and they will get a prize venting out their, their anger, uh, celebrating this, um, you know, this bring the anger campaign that they've been doing. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, go. Two thoughts. One to say that they're not doing this to market a product or a game or something else is beautifully naive. There's yes. something coming in the future, if not already existing. Th that's aside. Two, I don't mean to tear this apart. I don't Please. love this idea because these are very traditional ways of releasing anger and anxiety and negative feelings of screaming and punching. I would like, if there's more features to be rolled out in this Angry Bird world, that's a little bit more of a modern take on what does anger look like? What are healthy ways to release anger? What are acceptable ways to release anger? Like posting memes. Yeah, well, listen, I love that way. <laughs> if, you, if you're like yeah. me and you have young children, you will, will have seen the most recent Angry Birds 2 movie, um, <laughs> which does have a, a, a positive spin on the kind of whole idea of, of being angry. So I, I'm with you. I mean, actually, I would like to see uh, a scooter that allows me to power it through positive affirmations. Communication. Think, oh, my God. <laughs> <Dan and> I, <laughs> one time Dan and I were in L.A. and we were scootering around on birds and he was screaming at me so much because he was going fast and I as a neurotic little Jewish man was going very slow so his scooter would have been fully powered and mine would have been powered on fear right. so well, maybe you got to change this activation. on the bombshell of powering Kenny Gold via fear um, <laughs> I want to wrap up this week's five things because uh, we need to get the turkey 
in the studio so mm -hmm. we can we can pardon it um and then i also need to do some housekeeping here on this episode of the podcast and let um our listener uh so mum know <laughs> Uh, that we won't be here for the week of December 2nd because ne we record this on a Thursday and next Thursday is Thanksgiving. This Thursday is Thanksgiving. Uh, so you have to excuse me, I'm British. I'm still catching up <laughs> on all this stuff. Uh, so we're not here week of December 2nd, but that just leaves me to thank um, Al for coming in today. Thank you, man. And then uh, Amanda, Kenny and Toby, as per usual. I have been Dan Bennett. I just want to say... I'm thankful for you as our fearless leader, and I am thankful for Andrew Patti, who writes the five things with our team here every single week. So this Thanksgiving, that's who I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that we can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for you being a... Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you very much. The Five Things is produced by Andrew Petit, Joey Scarillo, and Christina Torres, and recorded at Townhouse Studios. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Social Media Week is a leading conference and industry news platform that curates and shares insights, emerging trends, and best practices with the world's smartest digital marketers. Gray is the exclusive global creative insights partner for Social Media Week. Check out more at gray.com.